welcome to Wellbeing for Everyday Life with me, Maeve Halpin. I'm here in studio today with Helen O'Shocknessy, who's a nurse and is also an independent humanist celebrant. So thank you so much for coming into the studio today all the way it's from... It's my pleasure, Maeve. ...from Drogheda. So uh, we are very interested in all different types of religious, spiritual and secular worldviews on this programme because we're living in a very diverse Ireland and I think it's important that we understand what's going on around us and uh, to me it's a hel- very healthy environment that we have a diversity mm. of views in Ireland now very different than what I grew up with. So on that note actually I just want to mention that the Sufi Association of Ireland uh, are having uh, an event on on the 2nd of August, Friday the 2nd of August from 7 to 10pm in the Pillar Room in the Rotunda Hospital here in Dublin up at the top of Ocon Street there. And the seminar is called Finding God in the Modern World. And it's looking at modern society in terms of science, social media and so on in the context of Islam and the Koran. So that's on on Friday, the 2nd of August, 7 to 10 p.m. in the Pillar Room in the Rotunda Hospital. So now, on a different note, Helen, <laughs> you're coming from a humanist point of view. So this is quite new to us in Ireland, humanism. So... Mm. Maybe you could tell us first what is humanism and what brought you to humanism. Well, I, I myself actually discovered humanism as, um, as an entity, if you like, when in fact I was getting married. And myself and my uh, New Zealand husband-to-be were looking for how to get married. We were not religious. We'd lived a very secular life for quite a long time, but, you know, there was more to us than just that. And uh, we found, um, I found a humanist celebrant, and it was through her, Emma Sides, that um, I came to humanism, really, or I discovered it. And, in fact, really, what I had discovered is that I had been humanist for quite a long time. Um, I'd lived in New Zealand for over 20 years, and... Um, um, I had left Ireland when I was 21 and religion sort of fell away from me at that point. And um, as I studied and as I experienced life in other countries, um, I came towards a, a humanist stance. And for me, humanism is a positive philosophy with a very ethical view on life. So it's not just that we uh, believe in reason and science and that we don't believe in a God and don't believe in the next life but we do have responsibilities towards this life and this life that we live in um, we have you know, we believe in compassion and equality and we believe that everyone has a right to live this big one life that we have so you know, it's our responsibility as humans <coughs> to care for all humans on this earth and also we have responsibility towards our planet and we have responsibility towards the animals that are entrusted to our care as well too. So it, it's from that. And I think the big thing about humanism is that we believe that people will find human solutions to human problems. And um, that's very much to the core values of being humanist. So essentially humanism is a form of atheism? Uh, it's atheism plus, if you like. I mean, it's not simply that we um, don't don't believe in a god, uh, don't believe in um, religious texts. Um, it's that we, you know, that we believe in science and evolution. Um, but I, like I say, we believe we have responsibilities as well too, and we have a moral code. We believe the moral code comes from being human 
and actually not from an extraterrestrial being. Okay. So you don't have any beliefs in life after death or no. anything transcendent? No. Essentially, it's about like we're here on this planet. We're here on this planet. This is the one life we have. We can enjoy and appreciate and wonder at, at this life that we have. But it is the one life that we have. And it's not a rehearsal. It's not that we can do things better next time around. Um, this is it, folks. And it's not like we're going to get a reward in the next and life. And we're not or going to be like rewarded this. in the next life, no. So is there a kind of formal code of, code of ethics within humanism? Um, I think uh, humanist, humanism exists all over the world. There are various uh, national bodies of humanists and together... Um, they got together and came up with the Amsterdam Declaration in 2002. And um, so that's that really formalised um, humanist beliefs. So number one, we're ethical. Number two, we're rational. Number three, we support democracy. And we insist on personal liberty and that personal liberty should be respected. It's humanism is a response to dogmatic religion and it provides a very viable alternative. And we appreciate art- artistic creativity and, and love it, actually. Um, and, you know, we believe that's how we progress as human beings is actually through creativity. And, and we love art and music and all those wonderful human talents and things. Um, I think it's, it's a life stance aiming at the maximum possible fulfilment through the cultivation of ethical and creative living of ourselves and others. And, um, and our primary task is to make human beings aware in the simplest terms of what humanism can mean to them and what it commits them to be um, by using free inquiry, the use of science and creative imagination. So the declaration was formulated in 2002 and um, or, or sorry, the, it was updated in 2002. It came into being in 1952, I should say. And uh, it was sort of, um, they had a big 50th anniversary celebration at the World Humanist Congress in 2002. You know, so, the, so we have that as a framework as well, too. All, all really good stuff there, I have to say. <laughs> it, 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 it gives us a lot of responsibility, doesn't it, as individuals it, and as it society? It does, you know, and, and you know, a lot of humanists feel sort of compelled to act. And that's, you know, and sometimes humanists feel, um, you know, uh, as individuals, they've campaigned for social change in Ireland. Um, you know, most recently with blasphemy, law, blasphemy laws and also um, the changes in uh, the abortion law that's come about and the removal of the Eighth Amendment. You know, so hu- humanists were individually very strong there. And I'd imagine in the gay marriage referendum as well. Absolutely, of course, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. So, so, like in my lifetime, I've seen a lot of change here. And, uh, we sure have seen a lot of change in Ireland <laughs> in our lifetime. This is true. Yeah. So, are, are humanists an organised group in Ireland? Um, they are. Um, they they are an organised group. They have their own CEO. Um, they have a board. Um, there are groups of humanists up and down the country who meet formally and informally throughout the year um, to discuss humanist topics or um, or just 
just even some of them have a book club. Um, myself, I'll be going to a meeting of humanists um, uh, in the middle of August, and it'll be sort of uh, it'll be a combination of Meath humanists, Drogheda humanists, and uh, I think North Dublin humanists, and we're having a garden party. So we're just celebrating summer <laughs> and, each, and each other's company. So I'm looking forward to that. That's great. Have mm. you any, have you any idea of the numbers of people who would describe themselves humanists? Oh. Um, goodness me, I can't off the top of my head, but it's actually, I know it's a number that's increasing. And, uh, you know, I think in the next census, I think, again, um, depending on how the questions are framed, um, I think you'll find that, you know, there'll be another... I, I think it's about 8 or 10%, but I'm not entirely sure oh. because I get very confused with um, numbers in Ireland and the numbers in New Zealand. <laughs> Okay, I think our sound engineer is going to check the figures for us there online now. So, yes, I would imagine it is a growing movement, all right. And you're a celebrant as well then, so what does that mean? Like, your your background Um, is in nursing, obviously, and you're still nursing. Yes, I... um I've been nursing since I was 17, actually, and uh, I trained at the Mater in Dublin. Um, (laughs) I've had a long and varied career. I've been a midwife, um, a nurse specialist in cardiology, um, a sports scientist. Um, I did a lot of work in cardiac rehabilitation for a number of years. Um, These days I just do agency nursing and I'm, you know, I'm approaching the end of my career. So... I would say that two ceremonies inspired me to uh, aim to become um, a humanist celebrant. One was my, like I said, my own wedding, and I thoroughly enjoyed the process of writing and coming up with, uh, a, you know, the poetry and the music that I applied to myself and Brett as a couple. And so, just to yeah. clarify that, Helen. So, when you have a humanist ceremony, it's uh, for a wedding. It's not mm. like there's a preordained no. kind of uh, no. text no. that you go by no absolutely not I mean there is a there are legal requirements in Ireland in order you know there are things that have to be said um, like in order to make in it order illegal. to make it illegal mm-hmm. which is often basically that you you say I will marry you and and the names have to be spoken it's you know so apart from that um in in all humanist ceremonies, it's it's the person and the people that are at the centre of things, and so in uh, in a humanist wedding, uh, it the, it focused on myself and Brett as a couple. So we had po- poems and music and uh, speech <laughs> that was very personal and relevant to us. You know, so for us, we would have chosen a poem about cycling in New Zealand and we spoke a poem about love and perfume. And, uh, you know, we made our own vows. We wrote our own vows and we spoke to each other at our wedding, which was incredibly personal. So that's that's the wonder of um, humanist uh, weddings, if you like. I, um, I was coming to the end of my nursing career. I was looking for an alternative. I was looking at how do I take all this experience that I have with people from all over the world, from various different cultures, and continue to, you know, have that connection with people. And I did think of celebrancy. Um, in 2015, my mother died. And I spent quite a number of months here back in back in Dublin, back with my family in Clontarf. And um, as a family, we came together and my mum, of course, was Catholic and she had a Catholic mass. 
but we were very fortunate in that we had a very um, adaptable priest. And uh, he, uh, you know, um, we were able to represent my mum truly and fully within the confines of a Catholic Mass. And, um, you know, so that that was very, very special to me. And that, um, you know, we had the readings that we wanted to. We brought up the... The things we had the things there that represented her very truly, and uh, we were able to, um, you know, speak a eulogy and and those kinds of things, and that meant a lot to us. But again, it got me thought thinking as to you know what could I do. So when I went back to New Zealand, um, I um, I trained as a celebrant there, and the celebrant school in New Zealand has been going for about twenty years. The training is superb. I loved every minute of it. Um, I, I loved that creativity part of it, which was new to me, and and uh, you know getting to grips with writing ceremonies, and um, and I loved the involvement with other people who had come from all over the country to do the same. Um, so um, I'm an aspiring humanist celebrant. Um, I work independently at the moment, but I certainly hope in the fu- you know in the future that I'll be recognised by the Humans Association of Ireland. So how can yeah. people contact you now, Helen, if they'd like to find out about a humanist um, ceremony? If they, for me, myself personally, um, I can, um, Helen Orido at iCloud.com okay. That's H-E-L-E-N-O-R-E-I-D-O at iCloud.com um, That's an email address. Um, my phone number is 087-351-1269. The difference between me and the HAI celebrants is that I cannot do the legal part here in Ireland, where I was in New Zealand. Um, and, you know, I think the, the HAI is going through a lot of change at the moment. And um, they, in the past, they, you know, since I've come here, there's only been one intake of celebrants. And, um, um, you know, so I have, haven't really had much of an opportunity. So um, I'm hoping that will change. And um, I'll certainly be putting in my application the next time I get a chance to do that. Okay, in, in the great. meantime, I've been doing, <coughs> um, up in Drogheda, um, I have been doing... Um, humanist funerals and you know mm-hmm. I, I okay. get a lot of satisfaction from that. Wonderful we'll come back to that after yeah. the break I think listeners will be very interested in that so I'm here talking to Helen O'Shocknessy who's a nurse and an independent humanist celebrant it's her email address is h-e-l-e-n-o-r-e-i-d-o at mm-hmm. icloud.com if you're interested in finding out more about having a and a, a humanist ceremony. So we should also mention the website hai.ie that's Humanist Association of Ireland.ie and they have a summer school on in Tullamore in September, the Saturday and Sunday 7th and 8th of September on, and the title is Humanism in humanism the Modern... in the New Ireland. Humanism in the New Ireland. Thank you so much. So... Uh, now we'll go to our first piece of music, which is a wonderful celebration of a wonderful world. It's called What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them blue, 
for me and you And I think to myself What a wonderful world I see skies of blue And clouds of white The bright blessed day The dark sacred night And I think to myself What a wonderful world The colors of the rainbow So pretty in the sky Are also on the faces Of people going by I see friends shaking hands Saying how do you do They're really saying I love you I hear babies cry more than I never knew and I think to myself what a wonderful world yes I think to myself what a wonderful What are you waiting for? If you are a business with Indanleary Raddown, enter the DLR Chamber County Business Award now. But don't leave it too late. The closing date is 31st July. So hurry, enter your business in the at least one category and be a winner. So whether you are a retailer, the restaurant or bar, a family business, a service, a startup, or you do great things to support your community, get on dlrchamber.ie now and enter your business in the DLR Country Business Award, supported by DLR County Council. Hey guys, that's Katie. And that's Kira. And we're the presenters of our new show, No Filter, here on Dublin South FM. Tune in every Thursday from 8pm to hear two gals, one ox and a bit of goth. Keep up to date with us on our Instagram at No Filter Radio Dublin. Don't forget, that's every Thursday at 8pm. You better be there. Bye, pals. Hello, it's Joe Dalton here from Breakthrough Brands. Please tune in to my show every Tuesday at 2pm where I get to interview business leaders and authors and mentors from all over the globe. That's Breakthrough Brands, 2pm on Dublin South FM. South FM. So welcome back to Wellbeing for Everyday Life with me, Maeve Halpin. I'm here in studio with Helen O'Shocknessy, who's a nurse and also an independent humanist celebrant. Mm. So Helen, you 
trained to be a celebrant in New Zealand. I did. As a human celebrant, which was quite a commitment. It was a year's training. Yeah. Uh, the celebrant school in New Zealand is, is not a humanist school as such. It trains secular celebrants. And, you know, celebrants who are trained in New Zealand, if they wish to, they can bring Christian aspects to their ceremonies or not. I chose... That I, to be a humanist celebrant, I represented myself as such from the get-go. Um, I trained with them for about a year. Um, like I said before the break, I, it was something I really, really enjoyed. And um, um, sort of meeting like people from up and down the country. And uh, so our, mod- our training was modular. Um, we paid per module. We paid about 700 New Zealand dollars per paper. You had to do four to get your diploma. And, um, you know, so they included uh, a funeral module, ceremony and celebration, a wedding module, a professional module. And um, and each module took sort of two full weekends. And then there were various uh, homeworks that you had to do and you had to write and present uh, and stand up in front of your peers and be critiqued by your peers um, and passed by your very experienced um, celebrant tutors um, before you got your diploma. So that was my training. Quite a commitment. Yeah. It, it, it was. Yeah, it was. But, you know, I, um, I really enjoyed it and I have certainly felt the benefits of that training now that I am actually practising as a celebrant. You know, okay. um, in some ways, uh, it's, uh, you know... Yeah, it's. I'm so glad I have that training behind me because um, it's a foundation. It's, it's, it's a real good foundation to start yes. off with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, can you tell us now? You talked about your own wedding there and how you and your husband uh, devised all the texts and the readings and all mm. the rest. Presumably, that was done in coordination with the celebrants. Yes. Yeah. So, for you, if somebody wants to have now, for instance, a humanist wedding or a humanist funeral and they approach you, like, what's yeah. the process that happens? Okay, well, it's, it's maybe better for me to talk about um, humanist funerals, if you like. Uh, that's certainly where I have most of my experience at the moment, and uh, because there's no legal aspects to funerals. And maybe what people in Ireland should realise is that that's exactly, you can do what you like. And it's just a matter of having sort of the imagination, if you like, or being prepared to step outside the box. And... Um, I was used to having funerals in New Zealand in community halls, in schools, um, at crematorium, of course, but you know, um, also even at at sports sports grounds or where people sort of collected together, um, you know. So, so it can be anywhere. It can be anywhere. So the some of the funerals I have had the privilege of helping out with here have been at, at crematoria like Dardistown, which is really, really lovely. Where's it's Dardistown? It's new and uh, open. It's, at, it's near the airport. It's a I very didn't know br- there's a new crematoria up yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's been there for a number of years, actually, but it's um, it's lovely and bright, and all the it's got glass soundproofed walls, so you don't hear the airplanes. But um, but it's really really lovely. It's a lovely space. 
And, and it's um, it's a it doesn't have any religious connotations no, then. No, no. Okay. So anybody uh, can use it. Anybody can use it. Uh-huh. And and I have done some funerals in people's homes. I've also done a lot of work with uh, townlies in Drogheda, who have um, their own. It's like being in your own sitting room, except it's bigger. They have this lovely space where you can do a non-religious funeral. Townlies is uh, this town, a, townlies in Drogheda? Is that a? It's, it's a funeral directors. Oh, okay. Yeah, and. Um, they, you know, they have this lovely space. It's like being in your own living room um, with a little kitchen to the offside, a, a separate little sitting room for people to sit. And, uh, you know, you just feel you're at home with your loved one. And um, when I'm asked, when I'm contacted by the funeral director to do funeral, um, the first thing I'll do is I, I'll actually make contact with the family and I'll go and I'll spend up to two hours with them. And um, and really what I'm trying to do is to get a sense of that person from as many people as possible. So sometimes I will come to the wake or um, if the person is in repose, I'll come there so I can talk to people and uh, find out from as many different perspectives as possible all about that person. Then I kind of go home and sit down and let it all sift for a while. And after that, then I start putting things together. And, um, and, and uh, you know, a humanist funeral then will follow kind of a familiar pattern as well, too. We'll have music. We'll have an introduction and a welcome to people. We will give thanks maybe to the health services or kind neighbours and the people that have travelled. We'll remember other people that have died. We will do things. We'll light, light candles. We'll have symbols there that closely represent the person as well too and um, and again we'll have music and poetry that best resent, you know, represents that person and it can be as wide and as varied as people are prepared to take it. I mean sometimes uh, uh, funerals can be like a real true celebration of life and, and sometimes there is a, uh, you know and of course it's always sad to lose a loved one but um, you know when somebody has lived a very full life, you know, we can celebrate that. And um, and also we, co- we come together to draw comfort from one another. And that's very important as well, too. So, you know, there are words of comfort as well, too. And there are words of saying goodbye. And um, all I can tell you is that the feedback I get following... Um, uh, a humanist funeral is that how personal it was, how lovely, how appropriate, how they would like it for themselves, and um, you know I've I've had very very good positive feedback. It's very meaningful then to everybody. Yes, who's there? You know, and I, you know, I um, I get a lot of satisfaction out of doing a hard job well. In um, you know. Um, and I, and I enjoy doing a, a good job like this, you know. Because mm. it's so mm. important for people to feel that they yeah. say goodbye properly to somebody who Absolutely. has passed away. And, you know, a, a good funeral or a good send-off or a good celebration of life it can be a really good step um, along the, the process of grieving. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And to be around other people and to have support at that time it, is so important. Yeah. So presumably somebody has requested... Uh, humanist funeral before they pass away is that how um, it happens well, sometimes it's just it's known that 
to have a, a, a mass could be inappropriate for this person. Uh, sometimes it is known that they have humanist beliefs or they're just non-religious. And, um, and, and, you know, sometimes it is the expressed wish of the person themselves. You know, so um, I sometimes get contacted ahead. <laughs> um, sometimes, um, you know, the, yeah, the fam- families will go to the undertaker and ask, you know, is there somebody available? They're not quite sure what they're actually asking for, but, um, you know, um, they'll be directed to me. We'll <coughs> have a chat. I, I, you know, I also am clear about my beliefs um, and being humanist is being tolerant as well, too. So I always allow moments of silence um, for people to pray in their own way um, if that's what they'd like to do. If they feel that's appropriate for them in that space, then that's absolutely fine as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it's inclusive. So it's inclusive, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so important. And yeah. do you do many funerals, Helen? It, it, it's funny. It, it kind of comes and goes. It's um, I was doing... I had I did quite a few funerals in January and February of this year, and then it all went very quiet for a while. And then um, recently, um, yeah, I've had a few more phone calls. Um, I've been asked to do a few more. So, yeah, okay. maybe I'll just give your email address again in case people want to contact you. It's Helen H E L E N O Rido. Am I saying that Rido. right? Rido R E I D O. So it's. H-E-L-E-N-O-R-E-I-D-O at iCloud.com so they can send you an email and your phone number is? 0873511269 Great, so they can give you, send you a call or a text and people yes. presumably can get in touch just to inquire Absolutely, and get I mean, more I'm very, information. Happy, very happy to chat to people you know, um, yeah mm-hmm. Yes, well I really believe in people having choices yeah, and you're giving people options here yes. in terms of how they celebrate Yes. These, um, yeah, and and these you know, fun- funeral directors are beginning to recognise that more and more now. I think that's why sort of townlies have this space. Uh, that sounds lovely. It's like yeah. they've got it made out like a little home. It, it is a little sitting room with exactly. a kitchen yeah. in in the funeral home. In the funeral home, so the body can be laid out there. Yes, and they can invite people to instead of the person being waked at home, they can lie in repose at townlies. Yes, they, they can invite people to come at a certain time. Yes, and you know. Um, and would you be involved in some kind of ceremony at that stage? Because um, not, not quite at that stage. Oh, what I usually do if if the person is um, at the funeral home is that w- before we leave to go to the crematorium, we usually have a service there, and that can be a, just uh, be half an hour, and uh, have a service there, mm-hmm. um, because not everybody will travel to Dardistown uh, or mm-hmm. you know um, to the crematorium. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also would be d- developed in conjunction with the family. And absolutely, yes. Mm, it, because mm. some, sometimes, of course, it's uh, you know uh, a celebration of life uh, at the home or in townlies, and then we go to the graveyard. You know, so it's just very, very dependent on on individual choice. So people can more or less design their own uh, they ceremony. They can in a way that's most meaningful that's for them. Absolutely right. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay, fantastic. So, what about weddings now, Helen? Have you done weddings? Yes, I, yes, I have. Not too, not too many, obviously, because um, people, of course, these days um, 
would like some, but they don't. They want everything to happen all at once. They don't want to have to do the legal part at a registry office um, before having the big party with their family and their friends. Um, so often the people I well the people I get asked to do a ceremony for her are people who are legally married already, and I had a couple, for example. Um, She's Irish, he's Scottish, uh, he was in the army and they thought he was going to be sent off somewhere on a, on a, on a tour of duty and uh, so they quickly got married and uh, that tour of duty didn't eventuate and they said, oh, heck, <laughs> let's have a party. So, um, so they had a, a big wedding and they asked me to do a wedding ceremony for them and that was a marvellous wedding ceremony. Um, you know, we had people from Ireland, England, Scotland and Wales and we could sort of draw on all of that. Um, uh, the, the men were all dressed in tartan no matter where they came from. It was fabulous and kilts. And uh, at the end of the ceremony they drank from a, a, a quake, which is a little Scottish ceremonial drinking cup. And it's a two-hand it's a two-handed cup and um, the idea being if the person, if the man is holding this little pewter cup filled with whiskey with two hands, he can't reach for his sword. So okay. <laughs> but really, it's a sealing of the deal. Seal the deal, okay. peace between the clans, joining the clans and that kind of thing. Okay. So very symbolic. Very symbolic. So we had a great day. And, you know, in human ceremonies, we use unity candles. You can do hand fasting. What unity you candles? Uh, where each individual lights an individual candle to represent themselves. And when they are married, then they use both candles to light the one unity candle. So two become one. Um, and what's the other one? Hand fasting? Hand? Hand fasting. What's is, that? Uh, well, it, it comes from an old Celtic tradition where couples used to literally be tied together by the hands. Um as a trial marriage, if you like. Um, but these days, um, it, it's just symbolic of joining together. And some couples will make their own, um, whether ribbons or ties, and it'll, they'll have colours that represent them, or they'll tie in things that represent them. And, um, you know, uh, and you can make a beautiful ceremony out of it. Yes. Yeah, so, and where did these ceremonies happen then? They can uh, happen they, they anywhere can, as well. They can, yeah, usually at the hotel. Usually at the hotel. Usually at the hotel. Yeah. All right. Okay. But they can yeah. be outdoors as well. They can't can they? be outdoors. Yes. I've but heard in, in of people get married on the hill of Tara, for instance. Oh wow! How yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Fabulous. Yes. That's very spiritual. Once you get the weather. Yes. Yes, you could yes. be blown off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could be blown off. So, but the the essence of it really is that it's. It's a celebration of uh, well, the two people coming together yes. and the, 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 two, the couple designed the whole thing in conjunction with the celebrant. That's right. So the celebrant is giving them ideas and guidelines on yes. how to yeah, go about and we'll the thing. Yeah, come up with suggestions. Yes. And, um, and there'll be a lot of back and forth. Like, of course. I like this, I don't like that. Yes. Can we have this? Yes, it takes a while yeah, then. It can take, doesn't, a, uh, yeah. It doesn't happen overnight. Of, mm, mm, mm. So how many, I presume you get paid for this. How much um, does it cost to, for someone to have a humanist wedding? Ooh, um, my own my own charges are around sort of three fifty four hundred euros. I okay. think that's fairly standard. Okay, I think you know mm -hmm. that's quite people, reasonable. Uh, yes, I mean people need to understand that it's not the half an hour that you're 
of standing course. there it's all the you preparation work and writing it. and skill and yes experience that goes into it and of course you know, yeah. it's very significant time in people's lives and is it the same then for a, way, for a funeral or is it um, more expensive I, I'd, I'd say the standard the standard cost for a funeral is around 300 euros okay 300, very, very reasonable I have to uh, say you know things can vary depending on travel of course as, and many other like factors well too, and yeah. um, whether yeah. it's one ceremony or two ceremonies yeah. but given the but, yeah. service that people get like, yeah, it I seems th- very reasonable now, I, I think it is <laughs> ok so I'm here talking to Helena Shocknessy who is a humanist celebrant an independent humanist celebrant and you can contact her by email at helen h-e-l-e-n or reido o-r-e-i-d-o at icloud.com or the phone number is? 0873511269. Lovely. And there is a summer school uh, on humanism in the New Ireland on Saturday and Sunday, the 7th and 8th of September in Tullamore. And the information is on hai.ie. So now we'll go to our next piece of music, another wonderful singer, Aretha Franklin, and this is Respect. <laughs> Everything's fine on 93.9 Dublin South FM. Oh, will you look at them go? I wish I had their energy. Ah, they're good for the soul though, aren't they? I can't imagine life without Lucky, (laughs) but he might outlive me yet. Oh, well take my advice and sign up for a Dog's Trust Canine Care card. It's completely free and it's given me such peace of mind since I did. What's that? 
Well, it's simple, really. It means if you pass away before Lucky, Dog's Trust will take him in and give him the care and love he needs until they match him with the perfect forever home. That sounds terrific. How much did you say it costs? It doesn't cost a cent. Great. How do I sign up? Just text CARE to 50100 and they'll call you with more information. Or you can go to dogstrust.ie. Well, that's wonderful advice. I'll do that right away. Here, Lucky. Good boy. Whatever loan you're looking for, wedding loans, holiday loans, car or home improvement loans, make sure you talk to your local Capital Credit Union, where there are no hidden charges or early repayment penalties on your loan. Loans subject to approval, terms and conditions apply. Capital Credit Union Limited, regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Senior Line is a confidential telephone service for older people. Free phone 1800 80 45 91. We're open every day of the year from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., including Christmas Day and New Year. So it's free phone 1800 80 45 91. We're there if you need someone to talk to and need someone to listen. We're older people too, so we will understand, and we're very good at listening. Did you get the senior line number? It's free phone 1800 80 45 91. Your community radio for South Dublin. This is Dublin South FM. Welcome back to Wellbeing for Everyday Life. I'm here in studio with Helen O'Shocknessy, who is an independent humanist celebrant, also a nurse. So, Helen, uh, you were talking there before the break about the humanist ceremonies that you conduct, weddings and funerals. But there's also a bigger picture in relation to humanism in Ireland, in relation to education. Yes, I mean, I I think that's... um Ireland is changing. It's, you know, it's no longer predominantly Catholic. We have such a a wide range of religions. And I think humanists believe individually and collectively that um, religion as such um, should not have any part in education. It should be outside of education. Or maybe what more correctly what I should be saying is that... um, you know, state schools should be kind of free of religious indoctrination, which is currently the situation here in Ireland, um, where uh, children are, you know, you have so many schools that are, have a Catholic ethos. and uh, the, the, the bishops mm, are the patrons. Yes. The bishops are the patrons, yes. yeah. yeah. So... We have we have a growing number of schools in Ireland. There obviously needs to be a lot more. I know there's a lot of work going on around um, separating sort of religion from state schools, and uh, I, you know I think that's you know, definitely something myself as a humanist would like to see. Um, uh, Educate together, obviously. Our yes, growing yeah, you got, uh, yes. I had the pleasure of um, going to. Uh, a community school in Navan, uh, uh, school Ardri in Navan last week, which is a, a community primary school, and they have. It's not that old, and it started with twenty-seven children, and it has over two hundred children there now. And um, it, it, while the children are um, mainly actually Catholic, but they're they're quite a multicultural, multi-denominational school, and some kids have no religion whatsoever, um, like myself. And um, 
So any kind of religious teaching happens outside of the school. The children are taught about religions and they do this in a very unique way. Um, They choose one religion per year and uh, will spend a week focusing on that religion and teaching all the children about it. Uh, And then it goes as as part of an eight-year cycle. This year, they were looking at humanism and alternative belief systems, and I was invited to come and uh, be part of the school assembly where the the children spoke about humanism. They asked me questions. They asked me about the... the the happy humanist, which is the symbolism, the symbol of human humanism, and uh, um, I had a great morning with those children. All each class had done a project, and uh, the posters were visible, you know, put up on the walls in the in the school hall, and and it was fantastic. But I got the sense that it was a very very happy school, and um, that you know it's a very tolerant, inclusive kind of a school, and you know that's what I'd like to see for. For all our kids, I hate to think of kids being kind of left out on on the corridor while other children are sort of preparing for communion and things like that. I think we have to be far more Mm. inclusive of all Mm. kids and all religions Mm. at school. To me, that now is a fantastic model because it not only allows the children as individuals to become aware of the different religions and be able to uh, and Mm. and the alternatives like humanism, for instance, Mm. and as they get older and become adults, that they can make up their own mind about yes. where they would like to have their yeah. allegiance. But also it helps them to understand the, the people around them who are different. Because That's we right. have a huge diversity of yes. people in this country now from all kinds of different religious, spiritual backgrounds and cultural backgrounds and all the rest of it. And like it's so important that we are able to communicate and connect with mm. other, another person, mm. you know. And that, uh, because without that we have stereotypes. And understanding. Uh, completely. You know, and it's just fundamentally important. Mm. I remember reading a long time ago that in the north of Ireland, like religion obviously has always been segregated, the Protestant schools and the Catholic schools. And the conflict in the north would have ended overnight if people had been educated together as children. And both the churches opposed that. Yeah. You know, so that just shows where they were, you know, the. It's the opposite, total opposite of what you're describing here, mm. where people are brought together and everybody is equally respected and equally understood, mm. and people have freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. So important, fundamental, really. I think, to be honest. Yeah. So, uh, so well, I, I certainly would like to see more educate together type schools and and community schools where religion or is taught um, or uh, outside of school as such, apart from religion being taught as a subject. That where mm-hmm. kid, children learn about all the different religions. Mm. Yeah. And, about and religious no, instruction. No indoc- there's no religious instruction mm-hmm. or religious indoctrination. You know, mm-hmm. that, that, that definitely should be outside of any state school, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm. Things are heading in that direction, I think. Slowly. Mm. <laughs> slowly, yes, slowly. Yes, yes. And of course, we should say that the Human Association of Ireland, being a charity, is like all charities, is not allowed to lobby or campaign or advocate. That, that's right. So that it really can't yeah. take a public position in relation to this. Um, it, no, it's, uh, I think a lot of charities find themselves in a very difficult position at the moment. Um, I'm not here today as a representative of the HII. I'm here as an individual who is an, who is a humanist, and and whereas humanists have certain beliefs. Uh, and wish to support certain causes. Um, I know the HAI and various other charities are stymied um, because of the current current law. 
which, mm-hmm. pre- which prevents charities from acting in any mm-hmm. kind of political cause. Mm-hmm. Or any kind of lobbying campaigning. Any kind of lobbying advocacy for their for, yes. their for their yeah. user groups or whatever. Yeah. Okay. It's a very difficult situation <coughs> for them to be in. Indeed, indeed, indeed. It's kind of a gag, really. So, Helen, just looking at your um, beautiful uh, flyer here, your brochure, you're talking about weddings, funerals and naming ceremonies. Now, I was actually at a very beautiful naming ceremony for a little girl that I look after a couple of years ago. Right. And it was outdoors and uh, it was her granny, actually, who facilitated it all. And it was really beautiful and very unique. Lovely. You know? So tell me, what are, yeah. what's a naming ceremony? Well, Presumably this is for people well, who are not having their children baptised. Right. Exactly. It's, it's an alternative to baptism. It's a welcoming of the latest member of a family. Um, you know, surrounded by everybody who, in family and friends, th- those who will support the child as the child grows. And again, it can be something, the, the sky can be the limit here. You can do whatever you like. Um, you can have uh, um, guardians, if that's what you want to call them. Um, mentors is another name. Um, rather than godparents. Rather than godparents, yeah. Uh, um, or you know, just people that uh, will be would be entrusted with the care of the child. So, did anything happen to the parents, or uh, somebody that would act as a, a kind of a, a moral guide to the to the child? Um, so, you know, so that you can have have a lot of fun with them. I personally haven't had the pleasure of doing one, and um, though I've come pretty close a couple of times, but um, it's it's another step for people who have sort of engaged in humanism and have had a humanist ceremony is to take the next step and have uh, you know a human a naming ceremony for the baby and again there's very little legal there's no legal aspect to no. a baptism as such or a, so there's no legal aspect to a naming ceremony so you can do whatever you like whatever um, you like yeah. the legal part yeah. is um, the legal part I guess is that uh, the birth is registered, registered with the birth marks yes, and deaths. That's right. So that's going to happen anyway. That's going to like happen anyway. When the child is born. The child is named anyway. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so a naming ceremony can happen at any age then. That's right. It, um, uh, it doesn't happen to happen immediately. You know, you can wait a month or two mm. until everybody's mm. recovered and settled into a routine. And... Um, yeah, so, and of course, you can have the ceremony wherever you like. And some people I know, maybe around where I live, will have their ceremony close to the River Boyne and maybe anoint the baby with the, the wonderful waters of the Boyne um, and that ancient river. Um, the other type of ceremony that um, I haven't mentioned is, is that you can have a coming of age ceremony or, a, or an age of reason ceremony. And sometimes. The, the schools, um, particularly like the Educate Together schools or community schools, will will have like a, a, a graduation ceremony or, um, you know, where you recognise that the child owns his own mind and knows his own mind. Um, so that can be something that can be um, marked with in a humanist way with a ceremony. Yeah. So that's a bit like, like bar mitzvah or confirmation. Yes. Like it's about that age, it's about, about 12 Yes, yeah, or yeah, okay. thereabouts, yeah. All right, okay, yeah. interesting. And yeah. uh, that's uh, 
devised then and developed in in conjunction yes, with so the school and the parents, the school and parents and the children and, and the children. Mm, you see, of course, that's probably the first time they get a chance to. Yeah, so they can actually, they should have, you know, as um, free-thinking individuals, have the opportunity to put their input. And and again, they're often involved in a community project or a project before you know, before the ceremony as well too, that may even become part of the ceremony, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. about them recognising their place in the world and their responsibilities in the world That's as adults right. as well, yes. of course. Yeah. Which yeah. is so important, yeah. Yes. This seems to me to be kind of a central tenet of humanism, the sense of personal responsibility. Yes, I would I would say so, yes. You know, um, you know, I, I guess it's something I, I sort of feel very strongly myself. Um and, you know, I think we all have to be responsible for our own actions as individuals, yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the humanist world, there isn't, there isn't a God or a heaven or anything else no. like that that's going to save us from anything. <laughs> we're not going to be, no. there's no salvation. Like, we're here no. and that's it. No, we're And we here. have to just make... And yeah, I mean, we feel we have the right to have a fulfilled life, but that whatever we do shouldn't harm anybody else. Um, one of the... Maybe the other central tenet, if you like, to humanism is be kind, you know, so be kind to people around you, be kind to other individuals. You know, I think if we we all got that right, um, we'd have a much happier world. That alone, (laughs) that alone. But um, we talked about the environment and animals as well then. Would would humanists be vegetarian? Would that be? Uh, I'd say, uh, well, I don't think, you don't have to be vegetarian to be humanist. I, I think some people would looking at uh, modern farming practices, if you like, and uh, would take a a moral stance and become vegetarian. Um, um, I'd kind of like to go that way myself. um, Yeah. It's a it's hard a, one. <laughs> not impossible. I not did impossible. It. You're yeah. a good woman yeah. yourself. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm gradually heading there. You know, there's, there's, I, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. I won't eat pork. I don't, yeah. you know, yeah. I eat very little meat. I know, you completely don't miss meat when you give it up. Yeah. It's quite amazing, I found. So, now, Helen O'Shaughnessy, nurse and independent humanist celebrant, has been with us here, telling us all about humanism and her work as a celebrant. So, Helen can be contacted at helenorido at iCloud.com. That's H-E-L-E-N. O-R-E-I-D-O at iCloud.com and give us your phone number again, Helen. 087-351-1269 Okay, so people can contact you in relation to finding out more about humanist ceremonies and what's involved and they can have an informal chat with you that doesn't cost anything, I presume. Of course not. No, for the no. initial discussion. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Or yeah. any chats about humanists. We have a Drogheda humanist group actually as well too. And do you, you meet know, on a regular we, basis? We have kind of suspended things for over the summer because mm. everybody's kind of scattered sure. on holidays and mm-hmm. whatnot and just enjoying themselves and enjoying mm-hmm. the summer that's finally mm-hmm. arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will regroup it um, in September and, you know... Um, Arranged to meet regularly in the in the in the winter winter. Okay, would that be months? like once yeah. a month or something? Once a month, yeah, once All a month right, for okay. a chat. That's great. How yeah. many people? How many people? It's about twelve or fifteen of us. Though, of okay. course, you know, it will it ebbs and flows. It ebbs, it ebbs and, and flows. flows. Yeah. And will will people find that on hai.ie? 
Uh, they will. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Hai yeah. yeah. to find your local humanist group. So thank you so much, Helen, for coming into the show it's today. My pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. And we'll finish with the wonderful Elvis Presley and If I Can Dream. be lights burning brighter somewhere got to be birds flying higher in a sky more blue if I can dream of a better land where all my brothers walk hand in hand tell me why oh why oh why can't my dream Must be peace and understanding sometime. Strong winds of promise that will blow away the doubt and fear. If I can dream of a warmer sun where hope keeps shining on everyone, tell me why. Answer's gonna come 